The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Hey friends, it's great to have you along with us on another program, Afternoons with Mike Hurd on the Shepherd Radio Network. This is going to be a fun one today. I've got with me a pastor who is a radio guy. Now that sounds a bit familiar to me. I'm <laughs> I'm not really sure, but Greg Patton spent a lot of time up in my own home state of Indiana. Greg, you and I are both fellow Hoosiers, my friend. It is great to have Greg Patton with me here today. Welcome. It's an honor to be with you, Mike. Thank you for having us on the program. Well, this is great. I know, again, you're an old radio guy like myself. You are one of the few people that is, uh, you've got me edged out in years just by a little bit. Greg, tell me a little bit about how it was that you got started in radio, and when was it? Where was it? Well, everything started for me right here in Fort Wayne, Indiana, where I am now. I'm uh, spending my 35th year as pastor of the cross here in Fort Wayne. And uh, I started way back at age 12, being interested in radio and hanging around radio stations, etc. And, of course, we've got a giant here in Fort Wayne, Lolo, that was so big. And I was just uh, blessed to be able to, at that time, unsaved, but I would go and sit on the programs of all the guys, uh, sometimes 24 hours a day. And I said, this is for me. I really want to do this. And so, uh, yeah, everything started here in Fort Wayne, and our claim to fame really came when we were in Indianapolis, Indiana, 50,000-watt station called WNAP, the Wrath of the Buzzard. And they took the nation by storm back in uh, October of 1973. And so that's really, uh, that was it for me. And uh, But I've had a wonderful career in both radio and in television, and God has uh, blessed since I've been saved uh, the last nearly 50 years now. That's so awesome. Now, you started off in radio like I did. My first radio station was an AM radio station as well. And back in that day, uh, FM was really not being used at all. And uh, it just was like, well, no one's going to be on it. No one's going to listen to it. Cars didn't have FM uh, radios, uh, bands in their car radio. So you were one of the trailblazers to go over to FM Rock, right? That was that was correct. Down in Indianapolis, they decided to give that a try. WYFE in Indianapolis was one of the major rock stations in the country. Uh, everybody liked IFE down there. And so they said, let's do this. And they brought in a bunch of crazy guys. I've always been straight. I had some alcohol problems before Christ. Never drugs, but most of the guys there, I acted like I was high. And, and our program became very popular. I did the evening news, or excuse me, radio show down there. 144,000 young people between the ages of 12 and 18 religiously listen to me every night. And it was great. I acted like I was high. I'd give reports on where the police radar stations were. I did all that kind of, I was just a crazy person. It was all an act. It it wasn't really me at all, but it worked. And we became very popular at the time. Radio was a lot different back then than it is now. No question about it. I I really am confused, uh, to be quite honest, with radio today. I don't understand a great deal of it. I'm writing a new book called The New America, A Flood of Evil, in which I talk about it. When I started in in ministry, I got saved, and I thought, hey, I'm going to go out and tell people about uh, radio and television, the evil part of that. And I had an evangelistic ministry. That's all I really did. Went from coast to coast, talking in churches about our career in radio and, uh, and what the Bible has to say about so much of this stuff. And people listen. I mean, they came in by the droves to hear us share this uh, message just about our life. Our testimony has been told around the world four times on the radio broadcast called Unshackled out of Chicago, Illinois. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I got to play myself <laughs> in that. It was a lot of fun. They paid me $200 to play me uh, on stage there for Unshackled. <laughs> and uh, that, that was that was just a thrill. I, I can't believe it. All I do is talk about myself and they pay me. Oh, and that's this was, crazy. Yeah, that is so crazy. But yeah, it's it's different. I don't understand wording. I don't understand the music today. Uh, you and I date ourselves. We're a little older now, and uh, it, things are just so different. I don't recognize so many things uh, in this country. I do a daily radio program called Hello World, news information and comment patterned after Paul Harvey. 
And uh, as a result of that, I just say, I'm really confused, but then who's the author of confusion? I bring that up quite often. Yeah, uh, It's a crazy world in which you and I live, my friend. Now, you mentioned that you came to the Lord after you were on the air. How was it that you were given the gospel the first time? Well, this is the strangest thing. When I got married, I married my high school sweetheart. We dated since age 14, Sharon. And uh, when we got married at the First Brethren Church in Roanoke, Indiana, a little town outside of Fort Wayne here, population 700, I looked back at the church and said, that's it, never again, my last time in a church. And I just wanted to live my life. Uh, Sharon and I both drove Corvettes. She was a nurse and a model. I did the radio thing, and uh, we just were loving life and having a lot of fun, and we just kind of vowed we'd never have any kids, just her and I, our whole life. And uh, that all changed when I got in a snowstorm really bad in Indianapolis, Indiana, and I couldn't get to work. I lived out in the country about 15 miles from the station, and I just I couldn't get there. And I called them and told them so, and they said, you know what, we're going to put this out on the air and see if somebody will bring – uh, General Billy Patton into the radio station. <laughs> I thought, oh I, thought I had a day off, okay? All kinds of people called in to take me to the radio station. And they gave me a whole list here. And so I called this uh, one guy, Kevin Mitchell. I didn't know. He was just a kid. And we're talking, and he said, I- I'll get you there, Mr. Patton. And I said, uh, fine, uh, Kevin. I said, I'll, I'll look for it. I said, do you realize there hasn't even been any snow plows out here in the country? He said, I'll get there. And I said, could you tell me, what are you driving, by the way? He said, a 67 Volkswagen Bug. What? (laughs) Yeah. I was expecting something with four-wheel drive. (laughs) Me too. And I thought, oh, I do have the day off. This kid isn't going to get two feet in the snow. Oh, man. uh, A miracle. I remember looking across the field and seeing this little blue thing and and had this tail of snow flying. It looked like he was out on the lake on a speedboat. The snow was flying. <laughs> he actually made it to my house. Oh, my gosh. And we, uh, we got the neighbors, uh, and they came over, and we literally lifted up his car and turned it around. That's how bad it was. Oh, so my So I think it was a goodness. miracle that he even made it to my home. And I was to find out later why I liked the kid. Kevin Mitchell was just a great kid who's really a wonderful person. And when we're driving through this little town called Acton, A-C-T-O-N, population 50, he pointed to this ugly little church there. And he said, hey, I I go to church there. Maybe you can go to church with me sometime. And and that started it. It, it. It struck me at first. I thought, you know, I don't want church. I like you, kid, and now you're ruining our whole thing already by right, inviting me sure. to church. Yeah, But it's it stuck there. And one day, uh, Sharon and I got all giddied up, and she put on what little bit she wore, and I put on my uh, suit and all my rings. I wore 10 rings at the time. I had shoulder-length hair. And uh, we went, pulled the Corvette in, and in we went into this little independent Baptist church. Uh-huh. And that started it all. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What a story, man. I, I tell you, God's grace, using a kid in a bug bug of all things. Yep. Man, yep, I, mean, I mean, we used to go bug bug one, bug bug two, when we'd see those little <laughs> Volkswagen bugs like that. And Isn't those that something? Yeah. It's just crazy. It really is. I just still can't believe to this day that this happened, but yeah, it did. It did, and and the and the rest, as they say, is history. And now you're on. Let's talk for a moment about your ministries. In addition to the fact that you're a pastor, you have an outreach ministry. Tell us about that. Well, I have my radio program that I have done seems like forever. It emanates out of WHCB down in Tennessee, down in Tri-Cities, Tennessee, and it's a half-hour program called Hello World. I do news information and comment, and uh, it frequently is the number one show down there. It's amazing, uh, against all the nationals, and people just love it. They love the style of the program, how I do it. I bring in humor. I bring in sad uh, stories. I tell the news. As I see it, I'm very conservative, so I'm always talking uh, politics, and it's pretty easy to do today with all the stuff going on. And so that that's a, a main thrust. But out of that has come so many other things. We were contacted by Southwest Radio Church Ministries out of Oklahoma. And uh, so we came on board with them, and we speak nationally on a regular basis all over the country with them. 
which is pretty exciting. And then uh, I got involved several years ago, not by choice. It just was thrust into my lap in the area of the demonic, which I knew nothing about. So I started writing. It took me three years to put the current book that we have out there uh, in print. And it's just the first. We're already writing number two, number three. God's just really blessed. I think that may be it here in my uh, final years here is I want to get a lot of writing out and information out to help people. So that's kind of it. I'm busier than I've ever been uh, in my life. As God would have it, my Sharon and I uh, recently brought, when I say recently, it's been 18 months now, five grandchildren from uh, 17 down to one into our home. Wow. And, uh, to take care of and minister to, if you will. So the church, the radio, the book writing, speaking nationally, uh, we got a pretty full plate here. And I, I can truly say I've never been busier in my life, and, uh, and I love it. God said he wouldn't put more on your plate than you can handle. I go there quite frequently and, and have to remind myself of that. I'm ready to go. As long as he gives me breath, we're going to do our thing, my brother. Now, we have uh, Watchmen on the Wall as part of our, our uh, broadcast lineup here on uh, The Shepherd. And uh, Ed Weber, I'm sure you know him, right? He's my buddy. Yep. Yeah, we get, we get along really well. We're both fishermen, so we trade stories all the time. Who caught the biggest one? So, oh, yeah, Ed Weber's a great guy. Here you are at age 76, and you're one of those that are not slowing down. It seems like, if anything, you're, like you said, your plate is quite full. What do you think about the trend that has told so many Americans that they need to retire at age 65 and and basically spend the rest of their time just in retirement? What is What would be your thoughts about that? I totally disagree. I've said this, oh, for decades now. You know, you don't retire as a Christian. You may change uh, vocations, and you may quit that vocation after so many years, but get involved in something. I think that is vital today. Uh, my father put 47 years in as a factory worker here at General Electric in Fort Wayne. He didn't live too long after he retired, and he was up every morning at 4 a.m. and going at it right up until retirement age. I think we need to. Uh, the Bible talks about going to the gray hairs, and there are many of us out there now. Yeah, absolutely. People need us. They really do. We need them, of course, but they need us, our experiences, what God has taught us. And so there's always opportunity, and every church is lacking in, in help. They can always use more. So get involved in a local church. Serve there in some area. could be a big deal. could be something you might consider minor, but very big with God. So, yeah, I, I'm against retirement. Uh, I, I never planned this. I, I really thought that I was going to name my uh, fishing boat visitation, and then I could tell people, pastor's out on visitation. <laughs> and, uh, and it didn't work out. I mean, the Southwest, Southwest Radio Ministries is the oldest radio ministry in the country, 99 years or something like that. And it's unbelievable. And, and they get in touch and say, would you do this? I, I have more than I know what to do with already. Uh, I interview for them. Uh, I've talked with Billy Crone and William Fetter and, uh, and great men of God all over the country. So I do stuff for them, plus what I do for myself uh, was serving them. Yep, just just keep busy. God, he'll give you the strength that, to do what you need to do. You know, you and brought God, up a point that I think is it happens to so many people that when a person does retire— and I'm not against, for all of us, we have uh, this broadcast is going out into one of the biggest retirement areas in the world, and that is the villages in Central Florida. So we have a radio station uh, transmitter that is just outside of the villages, and we cover there. So all of you listening to us on 103.5 FM in, out of Oxford will be hearing my voice right now. I am for all retirees. I'm just uh, one who believes that if you are going to retire from your job, just exactly what you said a while ago, Greg, you need to stay busy doing something. You need to find a hobby and give yourself to that. But just sitting around and having nothing to do is never a good idea for anyone. I agree 100%. And, and I, when I first got saved, let me go back to my salvation experience going to this little Baptist church. When we walked through the door there the first time, Mr. McGowan was a greeter, and he was in his 80s. 
and he treated Sharon and I like gold. I thought they'd look at us and say, wow, who are these weirdos coming through the door? We didn't get any of that, which, again, is a message I often preach to the church. Hey, you've got to win them to yourself before you can win them to the Lord. Mr. McGowan did that. So not yeah. only did I meet a young kid, 16, that I really thought was something special, now I'm meeting an old man in his 80s, and he's treating me really special, and it just won me over. I, I wanted to hear what this pastor had to say, what this church had to say. Why do people come here in the first place? So, yeah, you can be a valuable commodity to any church. And those of you listening that are retirement age or you got to get out there and do something for Jesus. He'll give you, he'll tell you and show you what to do. Just do it then. And as long as he gives you the ability to get around and move, and most of us can still do that, uh, do something for him because you are, you're a valuable commodity that is very needed in the church today. I completely agree with you, Greg. You know, when something you said earlier about that young man that picked you up in that bug, and, and drove you, and as, as simple as his little comment about that's where I go to church, how God uses even the simplest, the smallest little utterances out of our mouth that we think, well, there couldn't be anything evangelistic about that, right? And yet, that was what cracked that hole in the heart right there for you. It opened the door to all of the big things that God has done in your life, as simple as that. We can never underestimate the power of witnessing like that to somebody else, right? And all I can say is just preach it, Mike. That is really good stuff, brother. No question. Sometimes I think, wow, great message, Greg. This is just really good or something on the radio or TV or there at one of these national conferences. I don't know so much. Like you say, it can oftentimes, little is much. Yeah. God is in it. He can use that thing. So, yeah, very good. Good thought there, Mike. So what is ahead for you, sir? Well, I'm going to uh, continue to speak. I, I've gotten into, and uh, we're originally going to talk about this, uh, Invisible War on the Saints, Victor or Victim. Uh, I was thrust into the world of uh, demons several years ago, went in there kicking, wanted nothing to do with it. And uh, my goodness, there was just no escape, as happens to so many men who do this ministry. So I'm really concentrating on this. We're, uh, I'm working with a colleague. He and I have 80 years together in spiritual warfare and spiritual warfare counseling. And so we have a desire to get out and do some seminars with pastors around America, with people who want to learn more about how do we combat the enemy in these last days. And so I'm going to be writing and doing as much as I can in that area and speaking on it. I do now in our national conferences. Uh, I speak on the Invisible War of the Saints. So our book has just really taken off. Uh, the Invisible War and the Saints, Victor, a victim. And we're just so excited about that. People are getting help. And that's really been it. I've, I've claimed Luke 4, 18, where Jesus said he had come to heal the brokenhearted and to set the captive free. And so I'm working uh, overtime, uh, many, many hours. I worked with one gal that really is a center to all of my ministry here now for over a year. Uh, daily for a year and did it on long-distance phone calls, by and large, which cost me a small fortune back in <laughs> back the then. days of no cell phones. Yeah. And, uh, and, and God used it, and uh, she was delivered. Today, she goes anonymously on my Facebook page. God is using her in a mighty way, and this poor gal was loaded with hundreds of demons at mm. one time. So, uh, again, I just want to kind of get that message out there, have no other uh, ulterior motive, just want to help people as best we can. And we've seen so many, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people come to deliverance. And so that's kind of, I think, where our future is going to be. And I'm going to continue to talk about America and uh, its non-conservative ways of where we are today. I'm just... Uh, appalled by some of the things that are happening in this country and can't believe that it's happening, actually. So those are the two thrusts, if you will, speaking out on the demonic and talking about America and what we can do as Christians. Wow, we're up against a break. I'll be back with my guest, Greg Patton, General Patton, I, I think, uh, is what it sounds like. This guy's got enough uh, experience to do that. We'll be back with him in a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike, and you're on The Shepherd. EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years' experience, EC Waters is a top-trained comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, 
Call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. Palm Beach Atlantic University Orlando offers three distinct areas of study. An evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. Back with my guest today, this is Greg Patton. He's a pastor up in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And Greg is a, a longtime radio guy like I was back in the... What time? What year was it when you first started off, Greg? Wow. In the 60s, 67, I actually did uh, radio, uh, excuse me, television for Channel 21, the major ABC affiliate here. I did all their announcing for them. Oh, and, my uh, word. Well, I can hear it in your voice, man. You've got that's it. That's where we got our feet wet. Yeah, it was it was great. I've always enjoyed it. Uh, and believe it or not, I used to have a really high-pitched voice, and I actually sit in the bedroom, my little reel-to-reel recorder, and practice getting deeper and deeper. <laughs> and, uh, somehow, somehow one day, the whole thing worked. I don't know exactly how that happened. Can, can I tell you one story for you? Absolutely, man, yeah. And this, this just has to do with radio people. They're so proud. I, you know, I, you have to admit this, my brother. Uh, radio and TV, you know, we are the stars. And when I got saved, I had the audacity to tell God, he really got something special. <laughs> I said, God, I said, God, I, I, you know, who, you obviously know who I am and what I've done. I'm going to do so <laughs> yes, much. Right. I'm going to do so much for you in Christian radio. You're going to be excited. And uh, I had no idea what I was saying. I mean, I'd just been saved. I was a novice in every area. Okay. I'm a baby. Yeah. And uh, it was awful, Mike. Uh, one year, nothing. Two years, nothing. Three, make a long story short, seven years, nothing. And I said, God, uh, you know, I think I got the message here. Maybe you don't even want me to do anything in radio and television. And when I acquiesced to the Lord, and this is a big, <laughs> this is a big deal to me, when I acquiesced to the Lord and said, I'm done, and you just do whatever you want to do with me, Lord, doors started opening everywhere. Yeah, yeah. A pretty amazing thing. That's a good message for your audience at any time. Great pride factor. One of the biggest problems in, in church today and in the life of the Christian is pride. God hates it. I was bad, and uh, I learned my lesson uh, yeah. many years waiting. And so thank God that uh, after I did that, and said, it's all you, Lord, whatever. And I always, whether I'm preaching, teaching, on the radio, to God be the glory and everything. I am nothing, and he is everything. He'll use you if you take that approach to your Christian walk, my friend. Yeah, I think a lot of people would resonate with what you said about how it is. We can be so easily impressed with ourselves and think that God yep. is as well. I've learned that um, that opinion that I hold of myself is not uh, the same as what God has. He has an even better one, but completely different. And it is all based on him, not on me, not on any human greatness. Oh, that was a wise thing that you learned right there. And it is uh, always good to be more concerned about what God's opinion of us than what our own or what others. And uh, there's a book out years ago called uh, When People Are Big and God is Small, meaning from our own eyes, and how good it is to learn that God is God and we will never be. And uh, that's that was a great way of expressing that, my friend. That was very good. Let's go back Amen. to your book for a moment. You yeah. talked about something that so many in the church today are really not that excited to talk about. It's this the stuff they say of science fiction movies, of demon possession. You think of The Exorcist. You think of other movies like that. And it, it all seems so sci-fi to so many people. And yet when we read the Bible, we read a lot about the fact that there is an enemy that would love to oppress. He would love to come and, and torment uh, through this, you know, either possession or oppression. However it is stated, uh, this is something that the church is seeing today. There, there seems to be a rise in the demonic in the world today in, in just even our country and the way our, our life is going right now. Wouldn't you agree? 
No question about it. And I think if you listen to any programs like yours, other national programs, again, with a Christian vein, they're all talking about it. There's an unleashing. Uh, Jonathan Kahn talking about return of the gods, basically the return of demons to the United States of America. His newest book, Josiah, leaning heavily on that as well. So there's no question this is happening. And, and it is understandable. God's not given us a spirit of fear, but I'm telling you, people everywhere, including pastors, are scared to death to talk about Satan and demons. Uh, I've gone to churches where, or at least I was asked to go to a church where it was requested I not speak about Satan or demons. And I'm thinking, isn't this amazing? The number one enemy of a Christian, and we're not going to talk about that. We're not going to have any counterattack uh, against him. Just unbelievable. And I was there. I was evangelizing all over the country, going overseas. God was using us. Altars were filling. And uh, I was having a great time serving Jesus. And then it happened. Mm. We got a demon attack, and my world was turned upside down and changed forever. And uh, I talked to the gal recently that wanted some help. She had heard me on the radio talking a little bit about this. And uh, she called called me and said, uh, I need some help. And I said, I really advise you to go to your local church, your pastor, to start with. And she said, I did. And I just started to explain to him some of the problems that I have. And I love my pastor. I just started to explain some things to him. And he stopped me instantly and said, no, this is way above my pay grade, what you're talking about already. And you need to talk to somebody who has some experience, who has some training that could really help you. And I apologize, but I'm just not there. Michael Youssef out of Atlanta, Georgia, says the average pastor, 90% have no idea what's really going on in the spirit world. Mm. And like you say, it is getting worse every day. And these people need some help. Just give them some simple help, some simple guidelines. And so that's kind of where we are in our in our new book. And already uh, we're getting some rave reviews, praise the Lord. It's all him. And it's just our heart. The book is nothing. I read 119 books on the spirit world or demons as soon as I came under attack. And there's just a ton of books out there. And my whole focus is, hey, you just focus on Jesus Christ and glance at the devil and his demons. But you do need to know what they can do. I think that's a key. And I just sell our message as this is one more tool in the toolbox. Whether Mike Gillen needs it or, or Greg Patton needs it or that pastor there needs it, just so you will know when something happens or someone comes to you with some prop, what are you going to do? Uh, one of the chapters in the book, what are you going to do when they come for you? Mm. And I cite some examples of, of where this has happened around the country with people, including us. I had no idea what to do. Yep. I tell you, it's a resource that is needed because sometimes it's not apparent that you're dealing with something like uh, demonic activity. All, all All a person will tell you is I'm depressed or I feel like I'm just being tormented. And those things can be written off as just being emotional. They can be written off as just thinking the wrong way. And we can just completely underestimate the power of the enemy who's coming to steal, kill, and destroy. But God has given us that the gospel is going to always be bigger and always greater than any of the demonic forces that we can have confidence in. But putting those two things together and laying them down in our life kind of on top of each other, I I, I think a lot of pastors really have forgotten just how powerful the gospel message is. Amen. Oh, I agree 100%. And, And two portions of Scripture that come to mind. God says, give no place to the devil. Don't give him a place in your life. We start out our messages in the church with a message called Name Your Sin. And we go down through all the possibilities, numbers of them that are pretty apparent in the life of the Christian, and deal with that. And then if there's still problems going on in the life of that person, we extend it to the possibility of a demon control in that given area. And that's kind of how we've approached the ministry, and it's worked very effectively uh, over these last few decades. God God has used it. Again, just trying to, to help people that have a problem. Uh, God says in John 10, 10, that he came to give you a life, uh, and not only a life, a life more abundant. And I just ask people, do you live that way? I do. I love life. I love getting up every morning and ready to serve. And, and we've had one hardship, one heartache, one tragedy after another in the Patton household here. But I refuse to dip the flag to the enemy knowing that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. 
And that is true. And you just need to exercise those truths from the Word of God. And do not be ignorant of right. these devices. And boy, he's got a bunch of them. He knows Mike Gillen, Greg Patton, better than we know ourselves. And he will utilize whatever is necessary to bring you down. You've already thwarted his plan of sending you to hell. You're saved today, but that doesn't stop him. He brings more forces to keep you from serving uh, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So I just I just hate to be defeated, and uh, I refuse. So God help me. Let's get out there and do something to help people. You know, I think that uh, that is good advice. Never give up, no matter what it is. And we know that, again, he's a roaring lion. But Jesus looked at Peter and said, I've prayed for you. And how good it is to know that the Lord has prayed for you and he's prayed for me. He's prayed for any believer. And that is what we need to keep our mind on and not uh, just act like, uh, you know, the Christian life is really supposed to just all be, you know, fun and roses. We all know it's not. And we're all going to be facing trials. We're all going to be facing some form of tribulation, one, one kind or another, but God is with us, and that is all we need to, to remember. But it is going to be a fight until the day that the Lord comes again. Absolutely. And, and one thing I was just thinking of again, thinking of my age. I know I'm not a kid anymore. I think I am sometimes. But <laughs> I got to think, Sharon talked to me and my wife the other day and said, boy, if you could have written this book 50 years ago, think about that. And I said, you know what? I couldn't, honey. I couldn't even written this book 10 years ago with all the experiences that God has given us and the truths that he has shown us and the people that we help are all incorporated in this book. And again, uh, you get older, people listen to you. They know you've been around the block a few times. And and certainly if you're a Christian and you're using the word of God and and you're getting trusted, trust in the Lord with all thine heart, lean not to thy own understanding and all thy ways acknowledge him. He'll direct your path. Let him do that. And again, one of those things of being older, wow, this is great. I can tell you a few things, folks. And uh, I think any senior listening to the program now can do the very same thing. Utilize those things that God has given you. He has gifted you in so many areas. And one of those things is he gifted you with life again today. 180,000 people woke up today, and uh, they'll not wake up tomorrow. They'll be gone. You're alive. You have an opportunity to serve God, but do it with whatever areas he puts you into. Just do the job for the Lord. You will be blessed. You know, we are living in a day where so many people have lost sight of of the hope that is in the gospel. And I recently had a program and we were talking uh, with my guests that day on there about hope and the importance of hope. And uh, this pastor who was here, his name's Andrew Kropp, he was talking about the fact that the gospel is the greatest source of hope in the world. And it is so easy when you're up against, like you said, uh, up against the enemy who's trying and he might be doing it through one avenue of sickness, or maybe it's the loss of a job or financial problems, whatever that attack may be. It is so easy to lose sight of the fact that the Lord is on our side and he's giving us hope. But that really is the source of our hope isn't it? It is. And let me give you just one story, if I may. When we started this thing, I had no idea what I was doing. Nobody could help me. I was calling pastors. I was calling churches, trying to get some some help. It was devastating what was happening uh, in our household with the family and the, the threats made by uh, this evil. And one particular spirit that was uh, a bothersome was called Abaddon, which is well known in the scripture, but had taken that name. And uh, I don't know exactly how this happened, but I was taking collect calls from this gal hundreds of miles away every day, and the phone bill came, and it was $1,000 for a month, $1,000. I said, God, I didn't want any of this to start with. I can't believe. I don't know what's going on. Uh, I didn't want anything to do with this. I'm thrust into it. I'm trying to help some woman I don't know anything about. I don't even know what I'm doing, Lord. I'm trusting you, and somehow you're going to work. And I remember taking a walk. We lived on a farm in Cherubusco, Indiana, and it was a snowy night, and I just walked right out through the field, and I just pled my case to the Lord. And I said, I just can't believe this is happening. I don't have 
$100 in the bank, God, and here's a bill for $1,000. I have to explain this to my wife and children. What am I going to do? And it was really something like just overwhelming. The thing just came over me that just said, I've got this. I've got this taken care of. And instantly, I had a peace that passed all understanding, and Mm. I didn't even know why. I just turned around and went back into the house and said, it's taken care of. And my wife said, oh, really? I said, it is. I don't know how, but it is. And the next day, a a church, a Baptist church near Fort Wayne here, uh, came to our home with seven deacons. And they said, we know you're into some real heavy-duty stuff here. We don't even know what's going on, but we've been praying for you. And God just wanted us to come up and, and pray with you and lay hands on you. And it was just something to... Oh, my goodness. And it, it all culminated with them handing me an envelope. And I, I have had this happen so many times. I, I don't want to open an envelope or look at a check or whatever in front of people. I laid it there beside me on the coffee table, and I thanked them for coming. And they got up, and they said, would you open that envelope, please? I'm, well, sure. It's your gift. Uh, absolutely. I opened it up. Yes, how much the wow. check was for, an envelope. thousand dollars. Thousand dollars, right? Less than twenty-four hours after I had pled my case to the Lord and begged Him to take care of some things, and my the assurance that you just said—that's it. That the, the peace that God gives, the passive all understanding, knowing that He's in control. You need to cling to that, regardless of where you are today. Just lean on Him, the Author and the Finisher of your faith. He'll take care of business in your life if you're serving Him properly. So. Uh, and I'm a storyteller, and uh, I think it helps a lot of people. I, there might be someone <laughs> listening right now and say, wow, that sounds like my story. Hey, you're, you're serving the Lord. He will not let you down. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He can take care of business, whatever it is in your life. I agree completely. Tell us how to get in touch with you and your book, how they can buy it. Where is it found? Yes, they uh, actually put together a website, Invisible War. On the saints.com. You can go there today. That's a part, of, a part of Southwest Radio Church. They're in charge of all of that. Uh, you want to get in touch with us for the ministry? Same thing. Edward Weber kind of takes care of things there at Southwest on our behalf. And so they can get in touch with Southwest Radio Ministries. It's swrc.com if you want to go on the internet or you can call them. So again, invisible or on the saints.com to get a copy of our latest book on the spirit world. Man, I'm looking forward to having you back on the program in the future, my friend. It's great to uh, meet you and talk to you, hear your stories, and really be inspired by your faith. Thank you for that. Thank you so much. I appreciate your humble spirit. I can I can tell. I'm sure that uh, you are well listened to, my brother. Your heart is there, I can tell. It. It's been an honor that, to be with you today. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Greg Patton, my guest. We'll be back in a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike right here on The Shepherd. Pastors and financial leaders, do you need expert accounting or tax help? Do you have payroll or 1099 questions? Do you need a ministry expert to help you acquire real estate for your next project? If the answer is yes, yes, and yes, visit PetraWorldwide.org. Petra Worldwide has been strengthening ministries to transform humanity since 2007. Visit PetraWorldwide.org or call 855-481-9095. Welcome back to the program with me on the line right now is Roseanne Forte. And uh, Roseanne has quite a story. I'm looking forward to not only hearing it, but sharing it with you. Roseanne has uh, developed a plan that not only works, but it replaces what would be traditionally known as the 12-step plan. Roseanne, welcome to our program. Oh, thanks for having me, Mike. This is really exciting, and I'm intrigued by it. As a former pastor, I've worked um, with many people who had gone through 12-step type programs, be it Alcoholics Anonymous. There are many other types of addictions that people have gone through. And I know that you have entered this fray into this whole need, if you will, and you've written a devotional that is somewhat different. It is uh, aimed differently than what some of these programs are. So first of all, tell us how and why did you get into that? Uh, well, that has to do with my own personal walk. <laughs> I was, um, you know, a pretty successful executive and used alcohol for all the reasons that society tells you to. 
uh, at 33 years old, I found Jesus. I just loved Jesus. I was a Bible study leader, a teacher, a speaker, the treasurer of the church. Um, but I had a very challenging marriage. It was um, not Christian-based. Uh, he wasn't a believer. And it was just hard. And I used alcohol for a lot of the wrong reasons. But I kept looking in the Word for the answers. I kept praying for it. I looked in the churches. I looked at 12-step programs. And and I don't want to say anything negative about them because they've saved so many lives in the past. But for me, I was like, I don't want to call myself a name. I was already uh, feeling very, pretty down about myself and looking to a higher power. I already had one. So I continued to look for a program um, or ways to solve it, I suppose, on my own. But I stumbled into a secular program that challenged me to put alcohol to the side for three months. And I'm like, I need to do that. There was no con concept for me about forever. I couldn't even imagine it. I just knew that it was wreaking so much havoc in my life. I needed to experience what what this three months felt like. So I committed and I was so transformed. I couldn't believe it. I lost weight. Uh, my blood pressure went down. My resting heart went rate went down. I started a walking program. I was more connected with others. I had peace. I had joy. And the list just goes on and on. Um, and I was so impressed with this program that I asked if they, I could work for them. So I did end up working for them as an enrollment coach. And I ended up talking to hundreds of people, many Christians, um, many Christians who felt like guilt and shame. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, and I just said, nope, like, they're teaching God's word in here. They're teaching the kingdom without the king. You'll recognize it if you're a Christian. So for those clients, I started putting together prayers and um, scripture that aligned with what I learned. And therein lies the devotional <laughs> and the challenge. This is yeah. really a, a, such an encouraging thing because, again, I love the fact that you've taken the approach of saying, I don't want to speak badly about 12-step programs. But the one complaint about a lot of them that I've read is that there really is almost a, a kind of a sentence that is placed upon someone who's fought with alcohol and was addicted to it. And they're always going to have that collar around their neck of being an alcoholic. And so there is uh, sometimes a lot of people have, have felt like it was a bit restrictive and it sounds like yours, your program, which is a, is a devotional basically is kind of so gospel centered that it, it doesn't have that element. Would that be it fair doesn't. to say? Oh, amen. Amen, Mike. Yes. Um, it's very gospel centered. It's choice centered. I want people to walk with God for 84 consecutive days and understand that there were specific instructions that we ignored <laughs> to yeah. live this life of peace and joy um, despite circumstances. And when people kind of go through that, they get more connected with God. They really they develop this relationship because God and God's word is solving the problem. I do not use words like recovery, alcoholic, and I don't even use sober or try and avoid it. Of course, biblically, you know, he, God wants us to be sober minded. But I'm trying to change a lot of the languaging that causes the stigma. And so people say, well, what do you say instead? <laughs> They're super confused. And I say, I don't drink because it's like, I ch I'm choosing alcohol freedom because it's a much better way to live. And that's it. Like, it's just, uh, there's so many things to look forward to. And like you said, it's a sentence. And I know for a lot of people that I talk to, this really resonates, especially with family members who may have a loved one um, that is struggling. Um, 
And they see that or they meet somebody that says, you know, I've been in recovery for 30 years. I'm sorry. And you know this as a pastor. (laughs) If you're breathing, you're recovering from something in your life every day. Every day. Yeah. (laughs) That's why we need Jesus. And to segregate, you know, um, this, this class of people. And the reason I feel strongly about this as well I used to be a super heavy cigarette smoker, as in two to three packs a day. Mm. I woke up, and it was the first thing I did, and I went to bed, and it was the last thing I did. Um, so I was, I was pretty severely addicted to nicotine. I actually needed medical intervention to help me with that. But today, I'm not a cigarette-aholic, I'm not a smokeaholic, and I'm not in recovery. It's been 15 years. I just don't smoke because it was killing me, right? So I, I, I try and use that same narrative for alcohol. Yeah. And it works from your standpoint, right? It, yeah. It has um, yielded so many amazing testimonies that kind of keep me going, um, for sure. When somebody says this is just a game changer, it changed my life, and that's, certainly why we work in the kingdom, right? (laughs) You know, this whole, if we could just look over the shoulder to the mentality that's out there about any addiction, a lot of people who uh, would say that once a person has that kind of addiction, if they never really get over addictions, they might trade addictions. They may go from smoking cigarettes to another addiction like alcohol or something else or drugs or whatever. But the point is, is that in all of those scenarios, the hope of being set free, as you're describing, set free, is is rarely apparent to that person. So here's my question. From being a person now that's overcome not one, but at least two uh, very mm-hmm. serious addictions, what what is it about breaking out of one of those things? For a lot of people, they've tried to kick smoking, they've tried to kick drinking, and they'll, they may have months where they would feel like what you said you felt all of a sudden, you felt, you felt free. Why, why would they go back to doing it? What is the trigger that you found that causes a person to go back and regress? His name is Satan. Ah. <laughs> um, I, think that, I think once you beat it, it's a spiritual battle um, because you have gained so much joy and freedom in your life and connection. And um, I, I've developed some core concepts um, and a course that goes with that. And the first co- core concept is temptation and the story of Adam and Eve in the, in the garden. And basically, if you look at it, the serpent has gaslit Eve. Eve goes into the situation knowing what God's word is, but Satan causes her to doubt surely you won't die right Mm -hmm. surely and i think that that's what happens exactly when we are tempted surely just one won't hurt surely and there's just such deception to take us out of the light and back in the darkness again and you know it doesn't take much for a person that's had that and that's the difficulty you know the old expression about falling off the wagon that can happen so quickly and, like you said, seemingly so innocently because the, the lie is that you can handle just one. Uh, it's a little different with alcohol than it is Lay's potato chips, I'm sure. But the it, truth... It isn't, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it, might be, it might be the same thing. Yeah, the point of it is, is it's feeding into that. And as long as we listen to the lies of the enemy, there's going to be an open door if at some point it might happen sooner, it might happen later. But if we keep our eyes on the Lord now, that's what you're doing. And that is what will work if we do that. Yeah, that's why uh, the devotional is so effective with people, because there's um, there's scripture, there's an explanation of how the scripture uh, deals with this ha- neurological habit, 
and there's prayer, and then there's a section for gratitude because there's science behind that, and God's Word tells us that everything good comes from God. So if we focus on that, the glass uh, looks half full rather than half empty. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if um, the other thing is reflection, there's a section for reflection each day, and it's like I'm sleeping better. I took time for my kids today. I, I People get promotions. People get raises. <laughs> like, I'm making more money. I, you know, I'm saving money. And it's documenting all of the amazing things that are happening. And I don't, my understanding, I haven't been, you know, in the 12-step program, but it's a, a constant need to be in the program to talk about the substance. <laughs> like, oh, I want that. I don't want to talk about that anymore. I mean, I do to give people hope, but eventually it just doesn't need to be a conversation because life is so good. And and I just want people to document that. That's wonderful. Now, I know that you're a recommended resource for the very popular website, gotquestions.org. So I know that your material is on the web. What would be your website? How can people find you? That's www.theplanshehasforme.com. You can download some pretty cool flashcards there to give you some languaging about what to say in social situations when you're choosing not to drink. Mm -hmm. That's a really hard thing for people to do. Well, I know that you speak with experience, and you've given us a couple of uh, ways that that experience really uh, was won over some pretty big battles in your own life. And I want to just say, Roseanne, thank you for uh, the struggle that you went through for not only your benefit, but you have made your struggle to be a blessing, not just for you, but for all of those who are coming behind and getting a hold of this wonderful book, The Plans he has for me daily devotional. And again, that website is the plans he has for me dot. Was it com or org? Com. Yeah. The plans he has for me.com. Roseanne Forte, God bless you. And thank you for being with me. Uh, thank you for having me. Mike. Really appreciate it. It's been a great uh, time with you and friends. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time right here on afternoons with Mike. Mm-hmm.